You're listening to Kiss My Aesthetic, your go-to podcast for bragworthy branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. Let's dive into the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you because it's something our team's been doing a lot of lately, which is branding podcasts. So it's a little bit of an inception moment. You're on a podcast or you're listening to a podcast, listening to how a brand designer designs podcasts, but stick with me because I think that this structure is really going to make a lot of sense for you. And I think you're going to get an opportunity to understand better what our team can do in our capacity to bring your podcast to life or your podcast idea to life. So in this episode, I'm really going to break down how our process works, what we're offering so that you can get a sense of what's included and then how the process breaks down. Um, I really want to give you a full picture of podcast production and kind of pull back the curtain and show you behind the scenes on what we're currently offering for clients and stay tuned because we have three podcast shows that our team is going to be producing here this summer and we can't wait to get them off the ground. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into our Basecamp project folder for podcasting and really kind of talk you through how we've set up this scope of work. So as we know, podcasting is one of the best places for busy entrepreneurs to get what they know out there, right? Your biggest asset when you're a business owner is your time. And the best way to make the most of your time is to create long form content. What I mean by long form content is something that's obviously long form, but is coming straight from you, straight from the business owner. No one knows your business like you do. So creating an opportunity to let people in on the how, the why, the what, the who you are in podcast format gives you long source material to then create shorter content out of. You've watched me do this now for almost three years with my podcast. I'll record a podcast episode. I will also record it on video. I'll cut that video down, make it to TikToks, make it into reels, use it on my socials, use it in my onboarding process. I talk about this a lot and use it as a new client acquisition tool. It's a really great opportunity to let people hear how you think because that's really what's going to seal the deal with them wanting to work with you or them wanting to buy your product, right? It's it's not enough now to just say, look at my finished shiny product, right? With this super glossy photo on Instagram. If there's no life to it and there's no reason, there's no why, people get really lost. And especially with service-based businesses and service-based businesses that are an investment, you have to be building that no like trust sequence and you have to start to pull people in to get to know you and to get to know why you think the way that you do and how you are the solution for what they're looking for. So that's my spiel. That's my soapbox about why podcasting is so important. And then on top of that, I think that creating podcast material as a way to grow a community is a really, really fabulous way to support your brand. Um, So the Kiss My Aesthetic community is so strong and so great. And our Facebook group is an extension of that. This show is obviously an extension of that. Um, We have YouTube as well. And then all those clips getting posted onto TikTok and Instagram. It really is just the best way to be omnipresent. And what I was explaining to even a potential client yesterday is like a podcast is a great journal of where you're currently at in your business. Um, Thinking about it as not only an encyclopedia of everything that you know, thinking of it as a networking tool to get your foot in the door in the rooms you want to be in or the connections that you want to have, but using it as a way to really mark a point in time to say, 
this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with, or this is what I'm overcoming. Here's what I'm curious about. That's a lot of the reasons why I love my podcast and why I love listening to podcasts as well. So I've teamed up with Berta Wired, who produces this podcast, to create an offering that allows us to produce your season one. You can't see, but I'm doing air quotes, right? So produce your season one means not a podcast that drops every week for forever, but says, basically, here's a trailer and here are 10 episodes and a summary that creates some finality to it, right? Instead of just making it this, oh, we're going to do podcasting now with like a never ending forever, feels really, really intimidating Instead of just saying, I'm going to commit to 10 episodes and see how I like it. I'm going to commit to recording this amount of content, see how it performs, see if I'm getting a return on that time, see if it's really optimizing my social in a way that uh, makes sense. And then from there, we'll decide if we want to do a season two, three, four, five, six, et cetera. I think approaching it this way gives it some boundaries. It's kind of like putting up the guardrails when you're bowling, right? It's saying like, these are the parameters, um, which allows you to think a lot more critically about who you'd like to interview, how you'd like to interview them, what kind of topics you'd like to have, maybe it's solo episodes, et cetera. So we've created between Berta and myself, a three phase approach to podcast production. And what I think that we offer that's really unique is that you're getting not only Berta's audio editing, audio skills, podcast production skills, but you're getting my marketing consulting, positioning, and video editing, and our team's effort on branding and video. So in this scope of work, what's included is the full audio production of the 10 episodes with show notes and everything that goes into the syndication. And I should probably have Berta on as an interview to really talk this through. But I can't explain to our side what we do with it once the podcast episodes are recorded. So once they're recorded, they automatically get dropped into Google Drive and our team starts cutting away at the promo clips that you can use to promote the podcast, right? That also doubles as your social content. So we've worked out a really nice situation where Bert is doing the audio editing at the same time my team is doing the video editing and what we're delivering to the client is the full suite of like how you would want to promote that podcast right so we've broken into these three phases as I was saying and I'm going to walk you through the phases and then I'm going to walk you through the branding phase specifically since that's what this episode is about and how I approach branding for a podcast and how it's different than branding for a business So phase one is really working with Berta. This is where we're talking about your podcast name and tagline, where we're breaking down the benefit to being a listener and why they should listen to you. Um, Your ideal listener, your mission, your vision, and your goals. Berta has this fabulous workbook that we get to work through. And she has explainer videos for every single one of these tasks. We also have a task about getting your equipment set up and training. And really our goal here is to kind of be your accountability partner to make sure that you know how to set up your podcast to get the highest quality result. Um, So we'll walk you through your script intro, outro, and music selection. We'll help you come up with the script for your trailer and we'll help you source your theme song, audio, and audio effects. We'll also help connect you with how to get set up And then lastly, we have all these other fun extras that you can start to incorporate into your show. So for example, one of the podcasts we'll be launching this summer wanted her audience to call in and leave voicemails um, to get advice. And so we found a company called SpeakPipe that allows you to call in, leave a voicemail, and then work that voicemail into the episode to create a really strong um, connection between the podcaster and their audience. So that's all phase one. This is what happens pre-production, pre-recording a single thing 
everything, all that stuff gets decided. And the benefit of having both Berta and myself is that I come from the brand design background and the brand marketing background. Berta is really coming from that audio technical background. So you're getting both sides of it and how we think it relates best to your brand. Phase two is where I come in. So in phase two, what we're creating is uh, the podcast logo, the cover art, the pull quote templates, social promotion templates, media kit, what to expect document, photo shoot plan, design concept presentation. So this is similar to how I'd present a brand, right? So if you've been on my TikTok recently and you've seen the presentation for Whiskey and Lace, this is where I'm really breaking down based on the information that we got from phase one, what this thing is to look like. It sounds counterintuitive that you have to care what a podcast looks like, but think about that opportunity when you're scrolling through your favorite podcast app, trying to find something nice to listen to. It's a big ask to get somebody to click on your your podcast cover for the first time, right? So think about what's going to be eye-catching, what's going to be engaging, what's going to give them a sense of what they're about to listen to. These are all things that need to come forward in the brand. So I like to pull things together in presentations, as you guys know, and with video presentation. And I'm going to roll through now one of the examples I just did and how I'm thinking about what the podcast is going to sound like to inform what the marketing should look like, right? So the example here is Whiskey and Lace podcast. Luckily for me, Whiskey and Lace is Erica Alta's personal brand. She is an influencer. She has over 100,000 followers on Instagram. So there was no shortage of material to look for for inspiration. She also has a really clear color palette and design aesthetic. So being able to kind of hinge on that made a lot of sense. The name itself, Whiskey and Lace, being a little bit rough and tumble, but still girly. And then the subject matter that we discussed is really about telling these real life stories in a funny, like you're sitting and having happy hour with someone and being able to get that connection to her. That's an extension of who she already is on social media, right? So that's first and foremost, a great person to start a podcast because her audience, number one, is asking for it. Number two, it's just another form of media for her to produce. And number three, it creates that journal that we're talking about where it's really bookmarks a moment in time for her to continue to grow that brand and create that allegiance to her audience. In the presentation, I kicked off with a cover slide like I always do, and then I got right into the mood board. I really wanted the aesthetic for the podcast to be uh, just a leveled up extension of what she already had going. So I pulled a lot of images that were not only related to the subject matter that'll be covered on the podcast, but gave us the overall look and feel of the person who's the ideal listener. I think this is something that people miss in mood boards. A mood board shouldn't just be pictures of whatever the product or service is. You should really be centering the who of the mood board. So in this case, like who's the listener, right? Who is the person that is going to be enjoying this content? And how do we make sure that they are visually represented in the marketing collateral? So same thing for if you're doing a mood board for a dog food company, all of your images should not be dog food right? It needs to have variety. It needs to show character. It needs to show the visuals to really make a map for the person who is the ideal client can see it and be like, that is so me sold. So that's something to think about when you're creating your mood boards. After the mood board, we get the color palette. So the mood board should really inform where you're driving the color palette because your colors should be pulled from your imagery. That's what's going to give you the really consistent look and feel. Um, It's going to create a lot of continuity between your photography and your graphics. So in the color palette phase, we're pulling up these like really nice neutrals, a more like maroon 
Pinot Noir color. We've got Blush, Sky, Mike. I always like to name them things that are related to the brand. I think that really helps seal the deal. So that's the color palette. Then we get into the actual podcast logo, right? So a podcast logo is kind of, it's not a misnomer, but it's not a logo logo in a business sense, right? A podcast logo is something that you're definitely going to see on the cover of the podcast, but you might also see on merch, right? You might also see on social collateral. You might also see in different instances on the website. So creating a logo just specifically for the podcast in a way that pulls up the characteristics of the content is really important. So when I'm designing a podcast logo, I really want to think about what kind of fonts, styles, and colors are going to have the same feeling as the content of the episode. So if you're producing a really scientific, really well-produced, highly intellectual podcast, you're not going to go for like a crazy off the walls font. You're going to go for something really clean. You're going to go for like a Helvetica. You're going to go for like an NPR vibe. You see here already my tone went way down. It's like your voice is down here when we're talking about things that are serious. If you're going to be fun and crazy and goofy and have cuss words and do all these things that are going to be Um, my series going off. Hold on. If you're going to have kind of a podcast that's a little bit more um, off the walls, right? Think about how you can incorporate that in the branding. So what we've done for Whiskey and Lace, for example, and you can see this on my TikTok, on my Instagram, is paired this font that's really kind of bold and in your face in big letters and tall and also funky. It has some different letter characteristics with something that's a little more swirly, loosey-goosey. So with the ampersand kind of interlacing it into the letters lacing, literally interlace, whiskey and lace, gives you that feeling of it not being so serious. And it also still saying feminine, right? So there's a masculine feminine play here. There's contrast. And then we added the tagline with Erica Altis underneath as a way to really show the legitimacy that this is coming from Erica. Um, So that's the podcast logo. Then you wouldn't think it, but you are going to need a font system. And this is why you need a font system to promote your podcast. You want to make sure that when people see the graphics for the podcast, that they know that it's for that show, right? So for me, that's using yellow and red, which are the Kiss My Aesthetic colors. Um, That means using consistent fonts with cap cut with the video edit. So again, remember, like when these clients are recording these episodes, our team is also creating the videos that promote the episodes. So having consistent font styling on those are almost more important than the logo. I wouldn't recommend putting your logo on your podcast clip. I would recommend using the same font, the same color palette, the same effects, the same editing style to create that consistency with your audience so that when they see your stuff come up, it's like integrated into part of the content, right? It's just as recognizable as seeing your face. You want your fonts, your colors, your styles to be just as recognizable, just as branded as actually seeing somebody talking to you face to camera, right? So fonts, very important. Then the next slide of this presentation is the cover art. We really wanted to explore two options. Typically, you'll see with cover art, especially for an influencer-based podcast, is they have their headshot and then they have the name of the show. This is exactly what my podcast cover looks like, right? There is that trust, that audience trust of seeing eyeballs in a cover. And obviously showing your face is that it's your signature, right? Your face is the thing that is unique. So being able to show yourself in your podcast cover does make a lot of sense. This is a very classic podcast cover artwork style. That being said, 
with whiskey and lace, we do have this great photo that we had Erica recreate of something that we found on Pinterest where it's kind of boots up in the air and pouring a glass of wine. And this is funny to me because it gives us an opportunity to stand out in a crowded space. So if she's really, truly going to be a lifestyle podcast, this image already from a creative direction standpoint tells us so much more about the content of the episode, more than just somebody like smiling face to camera, right? Especially like another blonde white woman with a podcast, right? So to have a photo that's a little bit more quirky, a little more engaging, and also poking fun at the fact that this is a crowded space. And I love that she's like toppled over as if she was posing for her podcast cover and then just like happened to fall over sideways with her legs up in the air. It's a really fun way to kind of be disruptive. Um, And especially when you're looking at your competitors, finding opportunities to disrupt is to your advantage. So if you're noticing that all the podcasters, let's say you want to make like a book talk or a bookstagram kind of podcast or your book reviews, and every single one of them, all the covers in your space are um, pictures of people's bookshelves. How can you do a cover that's different, right? How can you create cover artwork that helps you stand out even if the subject matter is similar? So that's another tip for you on that one. Then the rest of this deck, I really spent the time to create a suite of stories graphics that Erica could use to promote the podcast. And with all of our podcast clients, we're taking the same approach, right? So with podcast marketing, you have a few different types of graphics. The first type of graphic is your episode title, number, and link, right? So episode number one, here's the episode title, tap here to tune in. That kind of graphic, something that's easy, you've got a cover photo, you're using your fonts, you're using your colors, you're creating consistency, but having that to run on a regular basis is a really great idea. These would also make for great Pinterest pins and Reels covers. So there's a lot of cross-promotional usage of these things. Then I created for her call to action slides. So the call to action slides are new episode, tap here to tune in. So she doesn't have to change the name or the number of the slide. She can just say new episode. Maybe you add some of the audio from that episode, or you're adding a song that relates to something that you talked about on the episode. And then we have three other call to actions that are leading people to participate in the podcast production. So suggest a guest, ask a question, leave a voicemail. The voicemail one is going to link out to that voicemail program that we found. But the other two are just Instagram question stickers. And doing this on a regular basis is a great idea because you can let your audience inform the type of content that you want to make. For example, this whole podcast episode is originating based on the fact that I post in the Facebook group, what solo episodes do you want to hear from me? And someone said, branding a podcast. Lovely. No problem can totally deliver on that promise and tell you what's included. After that, we have episode graphics that are kind of episode promotional slash brand building. And what I mean by that is opportunities to show the podcast branding, maybe not direct to a specific episode, but show a summary of episodes or show a calendar of upcoming episodes. Because we're recording with our clients on like this 10 episode basis, um, this producer season one basis, we already know what all the titles are going to be before we even drop the first episode. So we can really map out her graphics to align with that. So uh, this graphic that we have just says upcoming episodes, episode two, three, four, the titles, and then the subscribe to the show kind of uh, call to action. And then we have two other versions of kind of what I call pull quotes. So little taglines, little things that you might've said in the episode that could pique someone's interest and get them excited about what the heck it is. And the more out of context or, or off, off the cuff, I think these things are the better, but really these should be styled up almost as if they are that like motivational poster that you see on Pinterest that kind of like gets you excited to 
figure out more what it's about. Um, and I think pulling out those little nuggets, those little catchphrases are great things to turn into merch. So merch is a whole other extension of a podcast. That's really the branding is coming to life, right? So think about your favorite shows, your favorite TV shows, your favorite sports teams, right? You're going to want to wear the merch of that brand as a way to signal to other people that those are your people. Essentially, what we're talking about here is the phenomenon of like wanting to feel like you're belonging to a community. So creating opportunities for your community to buy in and wear what you got is an opportunity for not only a monetization, but community building aspect of a business. So with merch for a podcast, some of the obvious things are like baseball caps. Like I'm wearing one now that says it's for my brand. And I made this hat forever ago, but that for a while was one of my catchphrases before I like caught on to Bragworthy or came up with a Bragworthy idea, which I really should have a hat. This is Bragworthy now that I think about it. But hats are a great way to do that. I love to wear hats on my podcast because it's with the headphones over top. It just kind of keeps it all together. And it's a nice branded moment, a consistency that people can come to expect. Then other things you could do would be like shirts, bags, drinkware is really popular. But you want to source things that are going to be relevant to your audience. I think that's the biggest miss with merch is that everybody does the same six things, right? So everybody does the same like t-shirt, sweatshirt, beanie, baseball cap. Think about the things that are really relevant to your podcast or that would make sense for your audience. So for Erica's, for example, um, like sourcing a belt bag, similar to the Lululemon fanny pack belt bag and doing the branding on something like that, thinking of her audience being um, women in their thirties and forties, they're probably moms. They're probably listening to this podcast on the pickup or drop off from school or walking their dog or pushing a stroller. And so to have a branded Fanny pack just makes a lot of sense, right? You're extending the experience of what they're listening to, to the thing that they're actually wearing. Same for um, her Stanley cup. She's got a whole saga about the Stanley cups. Um, So doing a branded version of a Stanley cup would be a really fun extension of the podcast, right? And instead of just putting the podcast logo all over everything, I'm really trying to encourage her and our other podcast clients to consider those like catchphrasey, inside jokey kind of language that that language that you have with your audience and including that on your merch. So for me, that would be bragworthy. I should probably put all over everything bragworthy or finding kiss my aesthetic ways to say kiss my aesthetic in different ways um, and extending the merch through that experience and extending the experience of the podcast through merch right? You have a few different opportunities with merch and there's ways to do it in a really cost-effective way. And then there's ways to do it that are more effort, but a little bit more engaging. So the first would be print on demand. Print on demand services mean that it doesn't get produced until someone orders. So you can set this up with sites like Redbubble, Printful, Amazon just rolled out a print on demand service, which we're going to be researching. But these are ways to kind of add your branding, produce merch and never have to touch it, right? You don't, touch it. You don't put in thank you notes. You don't put in custom branding. It's just as soon as somebody buys the thing, that's when it gets made. So that's another thing to think about is the print on demand side. The alternative to that would be sourcing through something like Alibaba or ordering in bulk, but you're going to have to reach those minimum opening quantities, those MOQs in order to move forward. So I just did this with some of the stuff for my birthday with the terry cloth bags, the bucket hats, and the silk scarves that I made. 
I had to order minimum 25, minimum 50, minimum 100 of some of these items in order to get them produced. Um, So if that's the route that you want to go because you want something super custom like a wine carrying bag or a fanny pack or something that's a little bit more involved than what's being offered on the print on demand sites, you can get them produced, shipped to you, but then you do have to list them on your site, do all the shipping, send out everything, yada, yada, yada. It's more of a mess. There might be more margin, but it's a lot more work. And when with anybody doing it that route, I would really recommend that you do things on a limited drop. So you say, okay, we're going to be dropping merch. Maybe she gets to episode nine of her podcast. She goes, okay, guys, we have merch. We're going to do a merch drop. There's only a hundred of these. And once they're gone, they're gone and we're not ordering them again in the end. Maybe you don't have to say specifically that it's a hundred, right? But you say, Hey, we have limited quantities, limited edition. This is the summer 2023 merch drop for the whiskey and lace podcast. Have at it. And then you build up, you build up the hype, you build up the promotion and you build up the traffic up until a launch with the hope that you sell out of that product, right? That you create a sellout moment and that there's this mad dash to buy the thing that has your branding on it. And then you use the income from that to throw into the next round of production, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those are two different approaches to merch, the print on demand versus ordering limited quantities and go for a sellout that could supplement the income from a podcast. The last kind of bit of this, so that's, we covered phase one with Berta phase two with me. Phase three, the client goes and actually records the episodes. So we're giving them guidance on whether it should be interview style, solo episode, whether they'd like ads or not. A lot of the times the clients that we're working with have established relationships with brands, and now they can offer that as a pitch opportunity. Hey, would you like to sponsor the podcast at this level? Da, 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 da. For this amount of time, we'll record ads and slot them in. That's an opportunity as well. You guys have heard me do that before on the podcast. So that opportunity comes through us as well, as far as creating the media kit. So we're going to create a media kit. That's a one pager overview. This is the podcast. Here's the demo. Here are the stats, um, which we won't have obviously for a season one, but we can start to give insights based on that client's existing audience. Uh, that can be really fruitful. So that plus a what to expect guide, I think creating a branded document that They can send to their guests to say, this is the podcast. This is what you can expect. This is how it's going to work. This is the deliverables, the turnaround time, what we're going to need from you, et cetera. So those are the last few things on my list, at least at the time of this recording this episode for the Whiskey and Lace podcast to really get that one off the ground are the guest graphics media kit and the what to expect guide. But really, this whole scope of work for podcast production is something new for our team, but it's something we're really excited about because we think it's a huge opportunity for really busy creatives and entrepreneurs to get their time back, right? So I kind of talked about that at the top of the episode. It's the best way to optimize what you know on a consistent basis by sharing it in long form content and speaking it is really the fastest, easiest, most efficient way to do so. Um, So if you're a talker like I am and you find an opportunity for yourself to talk about what it is that you know and how you know what you know and what you do what you do and answer people's questions, podcasting is definitely for you. Uh, And having the video content of those podcasts really just brings it to the next level. So those are all my recommendations. That's podcast branding in a nutshell. Of course, if you have any questions for us or you are looking for us to produce your podcast, we'd love to be able to help you with that. So what we're offering is produce your season one, Michelle, AKA MKW Creative Co. X Berta from Berta Wired. This offering is for 10 total episodes plus a trailer 
plus a wrap up. So it's really ends up being like 12 episodes, but essentially you're going to have an entirely produced season. And in that season is your great experiment of, do I like this enough to keep going? Does my audience like this? What kind of content do I want to produce? Does this save me time? Because what you're getting out of the effort of both of us is that you're just showing up to record. You show up to record and we're handling everything else from there, the full audio editing, the syndication, the video editing, the uploading, the social media content, et cetera. That's where we come into play. So for someone who's like, man, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but it sounds really intimidating and I don't want to take it on. Reach out. You know where to find us. If you don't know where to find us, website mkwcreative.co, fill out the contact form. And you can also just write in your questions to podcast at mkwcreative.co. So if you send an email to us there, we'll definitely be able to help you out and send over our proposal for what this looks like. There go Wilson. It's going to be a big summer for us at MKW Creative Co. Wilson has something to say about it. My goodness. But thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to follow along and leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group for years and years of behind the scenes content and over 5,000 connections with fellow creatives. For show notes from today's episode, please visit mkwcreative.co slash podcast. This episode was edited by Berta Wired and theme music comes from Eliza Vera and Nathan Menard. Catch you next time.